It's the Field of Vision podcast with your host, Jordan Eisen. How's it going, everybody? And welcome into the Field of Vision podcast. Today, I will be previewing week 13. Uh, It's been a crazy week 12, and I really expect week 13 to be kind of similar with rising COVID numbers. And um, every other week will probably look remotely like this. It would be pretty impressive if the NFL is able to not add a week 18, I think, at this point. Or else we're just going to have football every day of the week, which like definitely could happen. Like I think that's what will happen probably because the NFL seems pretty set on not adding a week 18. And when they really set their mind on something, they're going to do it for better or for worse. It, they're just going to do it. So um, that said, we'll probably have Wednesday night football, Tuesday night football for the rest of the year. I, that That's my prediction. I don't think it's really the right decision, but it's what the NFL has chosen to do. And that's what I expect if they're going to play exactly 17 weeks. They might cut it down a little bit. They might boost it a little bit. I'm not sure. I don't know how this affects fantasy. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for now, let's just preview the upcoming week and see what's going to happen then. So I've picked out six games that I find pretty interesting, and I'm going to talk about them and like their implications not only for fantasy, but also for real football. All right. So let's just ignore COVID for this 20 to 30 minute podcast. I don't want to talk about it that much. Um, I, that minute that I just talked about it was enough already. Let's just have fun with this. So first game that I am intrigued in about fantasy weapons and then also just the game itself. This one, I think, might be one of the most interesting ones. Saints versus Falcons. I think the Falcons win. Their defense has been really good, like surprisingly good considering it's the Falcons and their defense is never good. But also with Taysom Hill, I don't think he's really for real. He's budget power Cam Newton. Like not even budget because Cam Newton is not great right now. Not good at all he's trash so he's kind of just cam newton but with he's kind of exactly cam newton maybe a little less uh a little more smooth in his throwing motion which sounds weird considering he was a tight end on espn two weeks ago but he's not great that's my point um i don't really buy into this now that Taysom hill is quarterback alvin Kamara stinks because it just doesn't make sense. Alvin Kamara is still good. If they really need him, they're going to give him the ball. However, with Taysom Hill, they do seem pretty apt to wanting to give Latavius Murray the ball. And I think that kind of makes sense. Um, when the Ravens first had Lamar starting and before they acquired Mark Ingram, they kind of got, they played Gus Edwards over. I forget who it was. Maybe it was Alex Collins here. I'm not sure. But Gus Edwards came out of nowhere right when Lamar Jackson took over as quarterback. And it makes sense because 
Lamar pulls the guards away from the center, and then you just have this power back go right down the middle. It makes a lot of sense to accompany your athletic quarterback with a downhill runner. And that's kind of what I think the Saints are doing with Murray. But that said, if the Falcons get up in the game, like I think they will, Kamara's going to play a lot of the uh, snaps and get a lot of work because he's probably their best player, maybe even when Drew Brees is on the field. Um, The next game, and probably the highlight of the week, is Browns versus Titans. So the Browns are good on offense, bad on defense, but they have the mold that would typically be good on offense, good on defense. Because usually when you run the ball a lot, you your defense is on the field less, and usually those types of teams usually have a good defense. But that's not true with either the Browns or the Titans. They're both good, great running offenses and bad defenses. So I think of them as pretty much the same team. If the Browns are able to contain Derrick Henry, which I do think can be possible if you have enough endurance for the entire game, I think it's very possible to contain Derrick Henry. No one's really been able to do it. Maybe you just need better depth and better like rotation so that everyone's fresh all the time because he's not consistently good at the beginning of games. He's just good at the end of games once everyone's worn down. That's really his best attribute, that he can wear people down and then get all these long runs late in the game. So I think if the Browns are able to figure that out, they get the win. But if they don't, it's really just 50-50 to me. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill might be a little bit better than Baker Mayfield right now. Uh, I think their Titans wide receiver core is a little better. So maybe if the Browns can't contain Derrick Henry, then the Titans win. But it's really hard to say. They're both pretty similar teams, bad defenses, good running games. And there's really no advice to give for fantasy except for Jarvis and Corey Davis. And you kind of just get a gist of if you're going to start them. Um, If you have someone better than Jarvis, start him. If you have someone better than Corey Davis, start him. Like, it's not, I can't really give advice at this point because you kind of know what they are. Like, Corey Davis is not special, but he's going to get targets because he's the number two. He's big. He's fast. He can break a long one. Jarvis is their number one, and he used to be the slot guy, and now he's getting kind of, I guess, like Stefan Diggs in Buffalo type of routes, like medium length out routes and stuff. Um, he's not a deep threat, but he's not the shallow threat that he was in Miami, ironically with Ryan Tannehill. Um, I I don't want to talk about this game because it's gross. It's Cincy versus Miami. I just want to say uh, that I really like Tula but I also really like Ryan Tannehill. I think Tua is good, but right now I want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick play against Cincy and see what he can do. If he lights it up, consider starting him again week 14. If he doesn't, then put Tua in, no question, if he's healthy at least. Uh, That's really all I want to say. I don't want to talk about that game. Next game, Colts versus Texans. 
This one for fantasy might be the most interesting one because you've got the Colts backfield that is bananas. Will Fuller's out. I don't know what's going on there. Is Phillip Rivers an NFL level quarterback? I don't really know. But let's analyze analyze that. Um, so let's start with the Colts. They're running backs. If Jonathan Taylor's in, you start Jonathan Taylor. You or you think about starting Jonathan Taylor. You think about starting Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins is gone. Um, that I think the Jonathan Taylor. If we need to guess right now, I would guess he is out because we haven't heard any good news about him being in. So presuming that he's out, you definitely start Naheem Hines and you can start uh, Jordan Wilkins. Last week, Wilkins was a big disappointment, but I think that they might want to control the ball a little bit more. Wilkins is a fine player and will be able to carry a decent-sized workload. And yeah, you're starting Hines. I think even if Taylor's in, he's their number one running back in my ranks. He's good. Jonathan Taylor has not shown that he is good, but now he minds hats. So start him. And then Phillip Rivers, I don't know. He seems like Ryan Tannehill, but not athletic and 38 or whatever he is. So that's not a nice thing to say, but... He just like throws those like medium short routes that rely on play action. He's not going to take the deep shots that Ryan Tannehill does, and that makes Ryan Tannehill actually pretty solid. But that's like where the age thing comes in. I think if Philip Rivers were young and on this offense, he'd be a lot like Ryan Tannehill without the mobility. So that doesn't really help much for fantasy. It's pretty much just to say, you're not starting Rivers, and you're not starting any wide receiver, but for Trey Burton and that type of thing, and just if you're interested in the indie offense, then I think Rivers is serviceable. I don't love it. I think they should get a new quarterback, do really whatever they can to get Zach Wilson or something in the draft, maybe uh, somehow get like a Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan type of thing. I'm not sure. Just I, I this team is one quarterback away from a Super Bowl. Maybe a wide receiver, but Michael Pittman's pretty solid too. So um that's that. Now for the Texans, the running backs, I guess if David Johnson's back, you're starting him, and then you kind of know what Duke is at this point. I think his he's better than his stats, better than his rushing guardage total. But he's been in the league for like four years at this point, and it just doesn't seem like he's a good runner. I don't know why, because he is really athletic and really fast. Not strong, but he seems like he should be able to do something, and he just hasn't. So, yeah, I I, I don't know what his deal is, but the main thing on the uh, Houston offense that we're going to be looking at this week is the wide receiver targets and wide receiver usage. So, I'd imagine Brandon Cooks is going to be pretty similar to what he was before with getting those uh, short, medium routes and then also add on some uh, deep routes. He was running deep routes before, but usually Deshaun Watson was more prone to throwing a deep shot to Will Fuller. But maybe, I think now, 
uh, he will have to go to Cooks. So Cooks is like really valuable because um, it's not you can't add Will Fuller plus Brandon Cooks stats and say this is going to be Brandon Cooks now, or you can't even like divide Willers of Will Fuller's Willer well Will Fuller's um, stats in half and add them to Brandon Cooks. It's just not how it works, but. I think he'll get some more boom plays than what he was. His longest plays, for the most part at least, were just yak. But now I think he'll get a lot more air yards and a lot more uh, deep shots. He doesn't have the same like ball tracking or possession receiver talent as Fuller did, but he is speedy. And if he gets open, I think Watson's going to uh, probably take more shots to him. So Brandon Cooks is very, very important. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about before this quick ad is Anthony Lynn should be fired. I liked him in my preseason preview. I almost considered putting him in as coach of the year. I'm very glad I didn't because that would look very dumb, but I liked him. It's just this clock management and this like innate ability to just not win games is unlike anything really I've ever seen from what I thought was a competent coach. Like, sure, there are other coaches that stink that also do this. See Adam Gaze, Matt Patricia, whatever. But those guys I know are bad. I thought I thought Anthony Lynn was good, but now that he has a good quarterback, everything's falling apart. So he needs to be fired, and hopefully they'll bring in a fun offensive guy because Justin Herbert still great. Haven't budged on that. So now I've got a quick ad and then I'll get into Rams versus Cardinals, Washington versus Pittsburgh, Bills versus 49ers. Okay, so let's get into these last three games. Rams versus Cardinals. The media is going to want this to be the game of the week because it's Sean McVay and Jared Goff versus Kyler Murray. But I honestly, if I'm predicting it now, I think it's kind of going to be a stinker. Rams defense is good. I think they'll shut down Kyler at least a little bit. Um, I I don't know how much you can shut down Kyler. He kind of was this past week, but I think they'll be able to slow him down a little. And then also the Rams offense, unless they choose to pass, they're just not exciting. So I honestly think this is going to be like, a 23-20 game. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know really what I think will happen. I, I mean, of course, I know what I think will happen, but I don't know what will happen. Like, I think the most likely outcome is the Rams slow the Cardinals' de- offense, and they're able to run it on their offense. And it'll be a slow, low-scoring game, but it, it could be a shootout. Like, I don't know what's going to happen I think my thought of a low scoring game is going to is the most likely outcome but just because it's most likely doesn't mean it's at all certain like you're still playing your Cardinals you're still playing like your Rams wide receivers except Cooper Cup has kind of entered wide receiver three scary territory because he's been bad Um, I would start it, if he weren't on a bye, I would consider starting Curtis Samuel over him with no DJ Moore. Um, I would start 
someone like Debo Samuel for sure. I would consider starting Brandon Ayuk. Maybe not Brandon Ayuk, but I would consider it if you have stuck with Cup and you hate him and you just want to change. Sure, go Ayuk. But I think it could be a low-scoring game. And you're still starting your guys. That That's all I'm saying. But I, I just want it on the record that I don't think this is going to be that much of a shootout. It, like, I am figure I'm 51% sure, and then all the other possibilities are below 20%. Like, I, I would definitely take the under if I were at betting age and I were a gambler. But just saying. I, I want it on the record that that's what I think so that I can look smart next week. But I also might look stupid. Do full regard. Um, now, Washington versus Pittsburgh. I think this is really interesting. I'm not going to say Pittsburgh is going to lose because it's an 11-0 team versus a 4-7 and team. You can't say that Pittsburgh's going to lose that. But... They're, I think Pittsburgh is a lot worse than 11-0 or 12-0 or whatever they are undefeated. And I think Washington's a lot better than 4-7. and seven. Ever since Alex Smith stepped in, the offense is very competent. Those running backs, ooh. Like, I think Antonio Gibson should be running all the routes he can. And that's a lot because he was a wide receiver. I think he should be running legit wide receiver routes. He's their second best wide receiver. But then also their third best wide receiver is J.D. McKissick. So I think play both of them. I I know that the offense isn't designed for that. So redesign it. I like They're really good players, both of them. And they're both pass catchers as well. So when you've got Terry McLaurin, of course you're going to feature him. But other than that, You've got to feature some other guys. And I think you could definitely do some stuff with the running backs, get creative, and give the Steelers a run for their money. Because the Steelers are good. They're not undefeated good. They're, come end of the year, 11 wins, not 16. Like, okay, so no one really ever is a 16-win team except for, like, maybe the Patriots in 07 but the Pittsburgh Steelers really just aren't like maybe they're a 13 win team because their defense is amazing now without bad but Dupree that hurts but their defense is still gonna be good but they aren't 16 wins I just can't stress that enough really they probably will get 15 or 14 wins but I don't think that's an accurate measure of how good they are they really, like, how good they've played, I should say. On paper, this team is probably the best in the league because that defense is so much better than the Chiefs or whoever you want to put at the second best team. But based on how they've performed, they aren't that good. So, again, I want it on the record that I think this is going to be a kind of close game, and I might look stupid. The last game, Bills versus 49ers. I just think this will be a fun one to watch. Um, Nick Mullen stinks, so I don't think the Niners will put up that many points, but I think this is going to be a very nice test of where Josh Allen is right now. Um, Because at the beginning of the season, he was 
like I mean Russ was setting all these records, but Josh Allen like was in the MVP conversation. He still is, but it's not as close. But I think this is a test of where he's at because at the beginning of the year he was looking like Patrick Mahomes, and now he's looking like Josh Allen of years past. So this is kind of going to shift my thought a lot on him. So I'm watching this game for sure. I'm going to definitely notice everything that Josh Allen does and hopefully get a better gist of who he really is. Because there's no doubt the beginning of the season was a mirage, but how much of a mirage was it is my question. Um, Because I think he's good, but I'm not sure how good that is. So follow me on Twitter at FOV underscore sports. I bet I'll be tweeting a lot about Josh Allen and you'll see my thoughts on him there. So yeah, follow me at FOV underscore sports on Instagram or Twitter. I'll talk to you next time, but until then, Eisen out. Uh-huh.